Howdy folks, welcome back to the Newsprint Commando. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is episode 22, Adventures Volume 1, issue number 2. Now, some housekeeping here at the top of the show. Last episode, I indicated that uh, issue 1 of the Adventurers came from Adventure Comics. It was put together by Adventure Comics, but it was actually published by Aircell, uh, much as this second issue that I'm sitting here looking at was. Kind of like I think that first year or so of Image Comics was put out by Malibu because they didn't have everything set up. Perhaps Adventure Comics at this time kind of ran into the same thing. Also, only the cover on this issue is drawn by Peter Sue. Uh, from now on, he is going to be doing only covers for the adventurers. He has other uh, books, I suppose, that he's doing that are taking his uh, attention away. So he won't be moving forward as the interior artist. Now, as per last issue, we are following the adventures of Nightwind, Bladehelm, Sultar, Koran, Argent, Dekab, and Shadowlack as Tyrion has already fallen in the first issue. We open with Shadowlack being tended to as he was injured in the battle with what are said to be grogs. So they're not orcs and they're not ogres or goblins. They're grogs. Um, and the group is trying to determine what to do because they know as soon as the attacking force breaks through the big door here that is in front of them, they will be once again at it. They won't have this respite. So they determine they need to move on. Well, for some reason, uh, Shatterlock has got some issues with Koran. I guess because Koran is, like I say, uh, neutral to chaotic evil. So Shatterlock uh, comes up with a plan to divide their forces. He and Sultar will stay behind to fight off the invading Grogs while the other five members continue on their journey to find the treasure of King Dude. Um, and his name, I forget, but the the one eye here. Let's see, what is his name? Terrus, T-A-R-R-U-S. Terrus One-Eyed is the king of this city and probably a surrounding land uh, that they are working for. So, Nightblade... Or excuse me, Nightwind, Bladehelm, Koron, Argent, and Dekab continue on to find this mystical key, while Shadowlock and Sultar remain behind in the uh, catacombs to fight off the Grogs when they finally manage to break their way through the um, door, the impediment in their pursuit. Now we cut back to the to Grogs and their leader whose name also I neglected to write down. Taub, I think maybe was his name, something like that. And he is upset that his people cannot get their way through this giant door to attack the humans. That's that's all he wants in almost a, a bestial kind of uh, desire rather than the desire of an intelligent being to just defeat their enemies. So he sets upon his men who are not able to do what he is telling them to do Finally, that's not getting him any closer, so he turns his attention to uh, the first door, which he rips off his hinges, but apparently there is another door farther on that is where near where 
Soltar and Shadowlock is uh, they're waiting for them. So our other five companions continue on. They enter yet another chamber. They break down the door and find that things are are they they feel evil. And when they're inspecting the skeletons of the people who have been before them, they find that there is no damage to the skeleton. Well, as Koran is inspecting things, suddenly a giant spider. Uh, what do they call it? A crypt spider. Well, of course, uh, although we wouldn't know that they were in a crypt because that's not what they've said. But a crypt spider drops from the ceiling, uh, attempting to attack Koran. But Dekalb, uh strikes it with a thrown dagger. Uh, actually, both of his swords, it looks like, and uh, pins it to the wall. Koran gives Nightwind a little bit of a hard time because she is uh, dissecting the spider in order to acquire some piece or portion of it. So we cut back to uh, Koran, uh, excuse me, Sultar and Shadowlock as they are preparing a, a trap. Shadowlock has gathered up a bunch of wood and made a huge pile mound of wood in front of the door that the grogs will break through. Seeing that Sultar can cast flame, fireball, you know, whatever it is, he is setting this up as a trap for the grogs. He keeps talking to Sultar to get him to to stay calm, you know, don't don't trip out and just do what I ask you to do when I ask you, and we'll get out of this just fine. So he sets his trap. Uh, the two men back up and wait. The grogs do indeed break through, and as they attempt to climb over this large pile of extremely dry, brittle, and hence flammable wood, um, Sultar releases a... Um, well, actually, what it is, is the spirit of Oneida uh, possesses him and acts through him, according to this prayer. He's not really uh, speaking a spell as much as he is, is praying to his, his liege and allows him to cast this flame fire uh, ball, which works magnificently. Not only does it kill a bunch of them, but of course it clogs with dead bodies the, the hallway now. So now we cut back to our five as um, Sultar and Shadowlock now have they, they have the opportunity to move further into the catacombs to catch up with the rest of their peers. Uh, we cut to their peers who are uh, searching around. Is this the point? No, they're, they're continuing, just continuing on their journey. They break through another door. Uh, they descend a set of stairs further, deeper into the catacombs. Again, uh, encountering this feeling of, of great, overwhelming menace. And they are beset upon by a creature that is said to be the ultimate predator. Um, Rannan's greatest achievement. Rannan is the land, I think, that they're in. So it's it's the ultimate predator. It, it proves to be very difficult. It attacks and... Uh, knocks out Blade Helm, DeKalb counterattacks, but is waylaid by the creature as well. Um, Argent throws up a barrier spell, holding it back from everybody. So he was able to cast the spell such that the creature is the the barrier is between the creature and Blade Helm and DeKalb, uh, DeKalb, who have now uh, fallen to the creature. But Arjun indicates that the creature is very strong, and he's barely able to hold it back. Uh, Koran is attempting to put together some kind of spell, and they both turn to Nightwind to do some uh, ninja chop, 
sense, you know, like a Judy chop wouldn't work. And for those of you, um, you would recognize the reference to ninji chop and Judy chop. But that that's all the humor I can muster at the moment. So before Nightwind can do anything, Bladehelm uh, recovers, jumps back up, and starts hacking away at the creature. Uh, now... Shadowlock also is attacking the creature. The Cobb is still knocked out. Koran is uh, attempting to cast some sort of spell. It takes him a very long time to get his get his juice going. Finally, he does, and his spell are hands of, of apparently dead dead people that are buried or have been felled in this room, and and the hands raise up to entrap this. Uh, indestructible creature. Koran, with this spell in effect, turns to Sultar, who he and Shadowlock have now caught up with the rest of the group, and tells Sultar to once again cast his big flamey whammy spell, and he does, and disintegrates the creature, passing out into Koran's arms. So everybody um, kind of is catching their breath. This time, uh, Cobb is seriously injured, and Argent, let's see, is it Argent? No, Shadowlock uh, tells Koran to do something, and Koran's like, well, but I worship a god of destruction. Why would he heal people? And Shadowlock's like, look, I don't care. He's a god. He can do it. And ultimately, Koran negotiates a donation to uh, his god of Tyrion's share of the treasure. Rather than splitting it seven ways, they will get, uh, rather than splitting that extra share seven ways, they will get their share, but that extra share will now go to Koran uh, as uh, a sacrifice, as donation to his god for doing these these good deeds. Argent steps in between Shadowlock and, and Koran, who, again, they're, they're not really digging each other and, and assuages everything. Well, while he's working his mumbo-jumbo, Koran, uh, he tells everyone else, we've got to be close. Look for another secret door. You know, we're, we're in this portion of the cavern that has no way out. We have just come through the way out, so there must be something hidden here. So everyone's looking around. Ultimately, it appears as though Argent finds a wall of ice calls upon Bladehelm to uh, cut through it with his battle axe, and they cut through into a cavern filled with treasure, jewels, gold, you know, whatever, whatever. So they go about um, collecting the treasure. Meanwhile, well, not collecting, but gathering up treasure. Meanwhile, Koran is speaking to um, Shadowlock, or no, I'm sorry, to Dukab, and he says, in the name of Akurus, the devourer who sustains thee as thy life drained away, I place this bond between us. What I ask, you cannot refuse. Mm. So he's putting the whammy on his uh, fellow adventurer to be his step and fetch it, as it were. Uh, they rise and catch up with the rest of the group, and they determine that they have indeed found the stone, the uh, magic key. They also find something called the Stone of Tribulia. They start gathering up in sacks. I don't know where they had sacks. I guess they had them on them. Uh, bags of holding? No. Th these are just sacks because they show the weight of what's in them. Uh, and they each fill one and determine via 
the moving air in the chamber that this way, which is up a set of spiral stairs, must be an out of some sort. So now each encumbered with a bag of treasure, they start uh, moving up the stairs. They get through to the outside. They're in, in the very outskirts of the city when the grogs catch up with them. So in having to escape from the grogs, they're all forced to drop their bags of treasure so that they can move faster. And then who is it? Um, Shatterlack and Bladehelm drop their treasure so that they can better carry Decob, who is still in a in a very bad sort of way. Uh, so the three of them have kind of fallen behind the other four who are waiting, and we see several panels of determining, well, we've got to keep going, we can't wait for them, but then they show up just in time, and Argent grabs up the Stone of Trebulia and casts um, magic through it or calls upon its powers. Uh, I command you to strike, and and they they break down a a mountain path, uh, uh, not a mountain pass, but a they've gone under a mountain overpass, and so they bring down the mountain, blocking the path or pass uh, to where they were, killing uh, the creature, the leader of the grogs, and who knows how many of the grogs, and they are free now to return to the city of Taurus, where Nightwind uh, gives the story of everything that has happened. And ultimately, they drink she and the king, uh, mayor, whatever he is. It looks like also that uh, Shatterlock is here. So they all drink to the success of the party, and Terrace indicates that um, he has further use of them if the party of adventurers wishes to uh, be further employed. And as they are leaving the room, he says, good, I propose a toast to your success and your health. Ha, 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 ha. And he's laughing. And he looks rather on the evil side with his patch uh, over his right eye. Interesting thing, the inside of the back cover is the final page of the story. So the rest of these are, you know, the, the newsprint paper. But this final page is the glossy uh, type of paper that is the cover of the, of the magazine. On the very back um, cover, we have Windblade and Elflord in a six-panel page telling us that the ongoing adventures of Elflord will now be in full color. And I believe this is coming from Aircell Comics, um, Elflord, and I believe that was a Barry Blair product, which I definitely want to talk about Barry Blair um, on the show. I just... Don't know when I'll get around to it, but I will eventually. Um, a lot of different things from the man and, and very prolific there for a little while. So that finishes up the first actual adventure of the adventurers. Uh, the first two issues of the book being published by Aerosol Comics, but in the name of Adventure Comics. I can't really think of anything else uh, at this point that comes to mind that I want to say. Um, it's only been about 15 minutes, 16 minutes, so uh, looking at my note, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much everything. Uh, thanks for hanging in there, guys. I hope that you know this is interesting to someone out there, and you'll you'll keep listening and following the show. I appreciate it. Next time out, it will be issue three, actually from Adventure Comics, of The Adventurers, issue number one published in 1986. Talk to you guys then. Ciao.